I'm Sarah Vioso, and this is Surviving Fear. I have stage four brain cancer, but I have chosen faith, hope, and laughter to navigate my difficult diagnosis. This is my story and the lessons I've learned by surrendering my struggle to God. Season two, episode four, accepting help. In the beginning of, I feel like, I feel like I'm starting the Bible in the beginning, but no, in the beginning of this world I'm in, this new world I am, the better world that I'm in, I had people showing up on my doorstep. So this is, we're talking May of last year, May, 2020. The news spread in our community pretty quickly of my diagnosis. And I don't say that in a negative form or any kind of form, actually. I'm just saying that because I live in a, we live in a, in a pre-planned community. Uh, A lot of the houses look very similar. Um, There isn't a whole lot of land, which is odd for me growing up in Texas. You know, there was always land around, but, uh, you know, it's kind of zero lot line here. And I say that just because it's just to give you an idea, it's a high populated, highly populated area and a small town feel. So like the same, you keep running into the same people. And the whole reason that people move to our community is because you want to raise your family here. It's a very safe community. Um, There's lots of activities. You know, we're 15 minutes from the beach. We can walk out our back door and start hitting, you know, nature trails and hiking trails. There's a lot of um, mountain biking in the area. I mean, you can pretty much do whatever sport you want to do that does not require snow around here, which is super great. So we that was what brought us down here. We thought it would be a really um, great place to raise our children, and it has turned out to be a really great place to to raise our children. But where I'm going with this is because it's such a high density of people all with the same mindset of they moved here to raise their children. You keep running into the same people in the, in the sports. Like both our kids grew up playing sports. So I would see the kid, you know, you'd meet families through little league baseball. You'd meet families through soccer. You would meet families through flag football, you know, your lives continue. You'd meet them through going to the same school. Then you'd meet them um, going to church. So there's a lot of overlap is what I was trying to, you know, get across. There's a lot of overlap. These people have known you. So we've been here in this community since my kids were two and four. So they both started kindergarten here at the school, went through the same school, like schooling system and junior high and high school. And the the reason why I'm saying that is when I got diagnosed and words, word easily spread quickly because our lives are so intertwined. And I would have people showing up at my doorstep with gifts and food and support and hugs, which is all fantastic. How can I help? What do you need done? Can I go to the grocery store? amazingly blessed. But when you're coming from the standpoint that I've lived my life up to this point, I'm your helper. I'm your go-to person. You need help. I'm there. Are we moving? Great. I'm, I'm there to help you pack. You know, do you need a meal? Great. I'll be, it'll be on your door by five o'clock. 
Do your kids need a ride to school? Sure. Let me go. I'll pick them up. I'll get them there. Do you need to borrow something like, oh, you don't have shin guards? Oh, we've got shin guards. I just come over and grab them. You know, that's my role. And it fills me. It fills me like that. Bless me. Now, I'm not the planner. I don't like to plan parties. I don't like to do that. But I love to help you put it together. Like, take your vision. I lack that vision. That's okay. We all have our gifts, visions. When it comes to creativity and art stuff, so not my wheelhouse, so not my gift. But those that have that gift, I'm your worker bee that will make your vision come to be. I'll be the one you know, climbing the ladders, hanging whatever you need hung. I'll sweep the floors. I'll clean dishes. I'll, you know, lay out tablecloths. I'm your girl. I'm how I'm love doing that stuff. I can't do the vision thing. Like I do it and I am like the queen of Pinterest fails. So that's why it was so hard for me accepting help from people showing up on my doorstep. I, it just, it made me feel like I was failing. And I say that not because they were doing anything wrong. This was my issue, my problem, my issue. And maybe some of you struggle with that. You love helping. How can you help? But you are the last person to ask for help. You know, in the beginning, again, in the beginning, but (laughs) in the beginning of all of this, we made a decision early Because up to this point, when it came to certain things, especially health related, we, we didn't want to share it with everybody. But when we were told it was glioblastoma, we figured out very quickly, we can't do this alone and we can't do it quietly. And that's not how we should be doing it. We felt like that you know, that would be a lot of pressure on the kids that they knew what was going on, but they had to go to school and keep things under, you know, under, you know, lock and key. They couldn't share. And we just, we knew we needed help. We knew we needed prayers. We knew we needed love. We needed support. And by not asking for help, we would be doing a great disservice to ourselves and to our children. But that's a hard thing. It is a hard thing because I have always, you know, I'm just viciously independent. I can do it. I mean, even when we're little kids, like even when we're toddlers, by myself, I do. I do it. You know, you hear little ones say that all the time. But I just wanted to be independent to a fault because, you know, I'm not that big of a person. I've been told a lot of my life, not by my loved ones, but people, oh, you can't do that really watch me. Like that has always been my attitude and I can do it. Not only that, I can do it without your help just fine. And that's not how we're called to live. You know, sometimes we think, oh, I can certainly do it better than any help. Anybody that can come help me do this. Yeah. That's not always the case. Like that's almost like being prideful. And cause I used to, I used to, look at, well, asking for help is a sign of weakness. I don't know where I got that idea. I mean, I know sometimes that society portrays it that way. Oh, you don't need to ask for help. You know what? That's not how we're called to live at all. God did not fashion us to go through life alone. I mean, he's with us everywhere we go. Case in point. 
he made it very clear that he walks this path with us all the time. Every step he's with us, whether we acknowledge it or not, he is there. But he also sends us humanly angels to walk with us. Those humanly angels that are showing up on your doorstep, giving you a meal, folding your laundry. That was a tough one for me. Accepting a gift of having a house cleaner for a year. That was incredible. Because let me tell you, I was in no shape to clean a house. And it took me a long time to reconcile having someone else clean my house. I mean, I come from a very, my mom, my mom broke her ankle. Her friends, this was years and years ago. I was still in school. And I mean, I was still like in middle school, elementary school. I think it was middle school I was in. I remember coming home and my mom was in the corner chair with her ankle in a cast. She had slipped on ice. Yes, it does get ice storms in Texas. She slipped on ice and broke her ankle. And her friends wanted to give her a house cleaner to come, you know, have her house cleans. And my mom absolutely refused it. She goes, nope, I clean my own house. Now, I would like to say that I keep a very clean and wonderful house, but I don't. (laughs) I do my best. But, you know, when I live with two tornadoes, aka teenage boys, or just boys in general, I don't mean to stereotype all boys. Mine tend to be a little bit sloppy, and that's okay. I love them just the same. But it drives me nuts. And But I get busy, and I would rather sit down and read a book than clean my house. Or I would rather do something like this and record a podcast than clean my house. But I didn't want to accept help. Like I still had a hard time letting someone come into my home. And my the ladies that come clean my house are just delightful women. They are amazing. They use my, I can't say it because I have one close by, A-L-E-X-A. If I say it, she'll turn on. And tell her to play music. And so they have amazing music blaring through my house as they giggle and laugh as they clean my house for me because I was in bed and I couldn't do it myself. And what a gift. Like I tear up thinking about them because it's so wonderful to watch someone love their job. And I have some of the most amazing conversations with the women that clean my house and they are so kind and so gentle hearted people. And wow, what a light they shone on me because these amazing people were coming to do something I couldn't do for myself and doing a way better job than I do, to be frank. And, but they also shared their light and their gifts and their laughter in a time that laughter was quite difficult. It was quite difficult. And by me not accepting that gift, I was denying them their ability to shine light into my life. And we I've never really thought about accepting help that way. I just seriously, I was like, oh, I don't need your help. Of course, I can do this by myself. I mean, I was so stubborn. I would work on something for hours on end, rather than asking for help and having someone that can do it in two minutes. 
because I can do it all by myself. And that's silly. It's a silly way to live. I mean, I try to live as efficiently as I can, and that's not an efficient way to live by trying to figure it all out on your own when someone's already figured it out. But you're also denying person of using their gifts to light your life. I have friends that have ridiculously amazing gifts that they think of things in ways I don't think of it. And I think, wow, what a cool way to spread God's light by using your gifts like this. And the gifts that people gave me writing a letter to me. Um, I had people make crosses that were just beautifully done and given them to me done. They did extremely thoughtful gift baskets and gave them to me And that gift. about I do not put together gift baskets. Well, and people that cook so well. And by me saying, you know, I'm good. Please don't do that. Because I'm too proud because I can do it myself and I don't need help. You know, that's kind of a sin on my part. Because I am denying someone else the ability to use their gifts God's given them. And accepting help is not a sign of weakness. Accepting help is a sign of strength and a sign of humbleness. We are told to have humility. We are told to be humble. And by not allowing people to shine their light and use their gifts, you're denying them what God has put them on earth to do. You're denying them for using the gifts that God has given them. So there comes a point, and I finally am at that point, because I always like, oh, I don't want to put them out. And it's not that I'm, I am proud, and I do like to give help because it fills me, but why aren't I letting them be filled? Why wouldn't I let them do that? I mean, sometimes it's because, oh, I don't want to put them out. I feel so bad. They've got other things going on. You don't need to, <laughs> please, use your time to do what you need to do. Don't take your time to help me. I'm good. But sometimes that is it. That's what they need. They need to help somebody because it lifts their spirits. You know, I had a friend that was going through her own struggle, very similar to mine, and she was showing up on my doorstep, giving me things, giving me hugs through her own tears. But it was healing her. Helping me was healing her. And I think that was the first moment that I stopped myself and went, you know what? You need to learn to just say thank you. And then I would even get wrapped up. I'm like, oh my gosh, now I need to write a card. I need to do that. Sometimes I'm not saying don't write thank you cards. <laughs> I'm not saying that. Mom, I promise I'm not saying that. My mom is like, you always write thank you cards. I get that. But when you're in that moment and you're in, when you're in an overwhelming situation, because people, people don't do nice things for you and to accept, to expect something back. When people do things for you, it's out of the goodness of their heart. And where do you think that goodness comes from? It comes from Christ. You can't buy what it feels like when you give something to someone that needs help. That's why I did it all the time. I did it. I wanted to be the first one in to help. How can I help you? 
Can I help you in math? Can I help tutor your kid? Can I help you with laundry? What can I help you do? Because it filled me so much. And that doesn't make me proud. It doesn't, it, sorry, I'm getting a little tongue tied here. I just want to make sure I'm getting this across. And I think I have, I hope I have that giving of yourself fills you, fills you up so much. Don't deny someone else that chance to do that for you. And it'll make you feel good by accepting it without strings attached. Accepting it from a place of love will fill you as much as it fills them. Welcome the gifts of others. By welcoming the gifts of others, I was... I don't say allowing them, but I was, or letting them, but those people became part of my healing by making me feel so loved. It helped healed me and heal my soul and heal my body. That positive energy that they were that, you know, in the time to be honest with you, it was really hard. It was really hard in the beginning to, to find that positive energy. When you're facing a tumor and brain cancer, it's hard to find that positive energy. But those people through their acts and through their kindness and through their thoughtfulness, they were my positivity. They were my good vibes. They were doing that for me when I wasn't strong enough to do it for myself my family, my friends, people I never even met before. They were my positive energy, just sending me notes saying, Hey, I know we've never met, but I'm praying for you. Or random bouquets of flowers showing up on my doorstep. They shared their gift with me and that helped me heal. So don't stop helping other people. Don't stop doing that. That's not what I'm saying. Just take it all in because there's a light. There's the other side of that too. So don't be greedy. But I don't think we do that. We're not, we're not wired that way. We're wired with amazing hearts because that's what God gave us. And he gives us the choice and gives us the ability to use that to lift others as so many of you have done for me. So not only be an awesome helper, be an awesome receiver. Receive in humbleness and know that you're not supposed to be able to do it all alone. You are called to ask for help and you are called to help others. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to seeing you at the next, I guess not seeing, I look forward to talking to you again at the next episode of Surviving Fear. Surviving Fear is made possible by the efforts of our executive producer, J.T. Henderson, writer and director, Sarah Viosa, producer and editor, Kristen Walker, artistic creator, Laura Ritchie, graphic editor, Linda Lee, and musical artist and composer, Adam Viosa.